Well, Matthew, we had UFC action this weekend, and while it was not the titanic clashes that we've had in the previous weeks with Khabib, obviously, uh, even a little previously with Adesanya and Paulo Costa, it was the end of an era as we know it, and uh, what a what an ending it was. Before that, I'm just going to go over the main card and the results that we saw all around. Uh, we had... In the first match of the night, Tiago Moises against Bobby Green. You know, most people had Bobby Green winning this one. Tiago Moises got a unanimous decision over Bobby Green, which was surprising to me. You know, Green had 94 to 43 total strikes, 85 to 42 significant strikes over Moises. You know, both had two takedowns. Granted, like three of the scores Tiago Moises got were 29 to 28 scores, so it was definitely close. But still, I mean, you think you look at that 85 significant strikes to Moises is 42. You know, in what world is that like unanimous decision? I, it, hard, hard to believe. But you well, know, I think, well, I think Moises- it shows the you know that's like the sport of or sport of MMA where it's like he dominated one round, got a ton of critical strikes, but you win the other two. It's yeah. That's true. You know, that like, is- you can't look at you can't look at it like as a whole. You got to look at it from each individual because if you, I mean, you can dominate one round, but doesn't matter. Got to got to win the whole fight. Got to win the whole fight, and Bobby Green did not do that. So Tiago Moises goes to fourteen and four. Bobby Green down to 27-11 and one. Good win for the young Brazilian against the veteran Bobby Green. And the second match of the day. Ugh, vomit alert, Greg Hardy against Maurice Green. Eh, we knew it. I mean, Maurice Green was a dumb matchup for Greg Hardy. Obviously, Greg Hardy was going to knock him out, and that's exactly what he did. You know, dominated the strikes zone and took him out in the second round. Hardy moves to 7-2. and two. Maurice Green moves to 9-6. and six. Irrelevant. You know, Greg Hardy, there was a moment after the fight where he kind of broke down about you know, what he thought his mistakes in the past were and like how he got to where he is. And I kind of changed my attitude a little bit about him. I, I'm still, I still don't like him. He's done some terrible things that for me are, you know, inconsolable, but I hope he gets some help. You know, I, I kind of feel like about him, how I feel about Antonio Brown sometimes where I'm like, I don't like you even a little bit, but man, I hope you get some help. You know, like he's, he, he just seems to have a lot of demons that he needs to deal with. And that's why therapy is good, ladies and gentlemen. But Greg Hardy moves to seven and two. One wonders, you know, who, you know, is Dana White going to really, you know, put him up against a big boy in the heavy division, you know, put him up against, you know, Blagoy Ivanov, you know, Cyril Gain, Pavlovich, maybe even Harris, you know, like I, I think, you know, there are some good fighters that will actually test Greg Hardy. It just depends on whether Dana White really wants to go there just yet. But he's 7-2, so I think it's about time that he he fights an actual, you know, ranked heavyweight, you know, that 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 will show whether he's there for the right reasons, you know. Uh, in the third fight of the night. It sounds like he's on The Bachelor. Are you there yeah, for the right reasons? <laughs> are you are you there for the Man, right? Could you imagine if Greg Hardy was announced as the new Bachelor? Now that would be. I wouldn't. Be that's surprised. how you open twenty twenty one. Have you watched the Bachelor recently? I wouldn't be surprised even a little bit. Well, it would Clay. be no. Nah, it would be like a. It would, it would be like the VH one equivalent, like when Tila Tequila had one, and who else? Brett Michaels. 
Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love is a classic. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it'd be Greg Hardy. Hard to love. Did you know Travis Kelsey had like a VH1? <laughs> That's good. Hard to love. <laughs> um, but Travis Kelsey had like a dating reality TV show on, I think it was VH1. Um, I think it was I only like one season. I, re- I don't even know. Like, I think I was just watching TV one night, randomly stumbled onto it. It was like the first episode. It was shocking. He was kind of fun on it. But I'm it was like, we, I, it's like, how have I never heard of this? Like, where did this come from? Whose idea was this? That we were like, we got to We got to find Travis Kelsey, a girlfriend. They saw him. They saw him doing the masturbating gesture mid game. And they're like, he needs to get laid, guys. <laughs> I don't know why, like with The Bachelor and with, you know, this, with Travis Kelsey. Why? Why are we getting a bunch of attractive, successful people to get? They don't need any help dating. They'll yeah, find they somebody. They, they help me. It, it's a I can't buy a date anywhere. <laughs> oh like, gosh so true like gorgeous people will be fine ABC. yeah they're fine that's arranged marriage at that point they yeah. don't even need to do anything they're all beautiful come on help us uggos out a little bit right we want we we deserve happiness too right gosh honestly i'll take i'll take the first girl eliminated from the bachelorette and she'll be my everything she'll be my everything <laughs> i'll take the first girl it's a beautiful sentiment, Jan. <laughs> Thank you. Really nice. It's really nice. Thank you for whoever, whoever's the next, whoever the whoever this chick is, <laughs> lucky as hell. I'm looking at you, the next person on the Bachelor eliminated. I'm here for you, and I will give you everything. We love you, um, Brittany. We love you, Brit. I bet her name's Brittany. Anyway, uh, we had a match between Kevin Holland, Charlie Ontiveros. This was the match where Charlie Ontiveros kind of got thrown into it for his first octagon fight, and. It was a submission win for Kevin Holland. Not much to say there. Happened in the first round. You know, Kevin Holland, the veteran, playing, you know, playing, fighting a guy that was, you know, very much under his caliber. So good submission win for him. Now let's go to the two main fights kind of of the night. We had Bryce Mitchell against Andre Feely. You know, Andre Feely looking like the next featherweight to be ranked, but do going against a a and I and I have to say I, I said this wrong last episode. So he's thirteen and one. He's not thirteen and zero. He's not undefeated. So I will correct myself there. But he was thirteen and one, and against a really dynamic, energetic Bryce Mitchell. And Bryce Mitchell, we thought, you know, is he going to come out in this one? Is he going to dominate Andre Feely before he gets the chance to really win? And not only did he come out and dominate Andre Feely, but he really, you know, he he won unanimous decision. He didn't knock him out. He he fought the whole fight. And won, you know, and and rightfully so. He dominated throughout. You know, he got two 30 to 27 decisions in the unanimous decision. So rightfully so, he wins that one. He moves to 14 and one. He moves to the 15th spot in the featherweight division. You know, good for Bryce Mitchell. Deserves to be there. We'll see the next fight that he gets. You know, does he maybe? Because his strike ratio is so strong, I, I I just I can see him fighting against a lot of featherweights that we we've seen. You know, I mean, in the Feely fight, he had 151 total strikes. You're 46 to 27. He doubled him all over the board. You know, I'd love to him to see see him fight Dan Ige, You know, Arnold Allen, Jeremy Stevens. You know, I think they're all on the table for this 14 and one coming up star. And finally, Matthew, the great Anderson Silva is officially retired went out as we hoped it wouldn't happen, but as we expected TKO to Uriah Hall, you know, strike, they went all out in this one. You can't say they didn't, they went into round four and they were striking. They were, they were being the strikers that we know them to be, you know, in in total, there were 
Matthew, this is a statistic, ready? There were 118 total strikes in, in this fight, and 113 of them were significant. So, like, there was it, it was it was a fight to be had, and both went really all out there. But it was a round four knockout by punches by Uriah Hall. It's just too dynamic for the aging Anderson Silva. There was a touching moment between the two where they kind of got on the floor together Uriah Hall even at letting out some tears, you know, apologizing for ending Anderson Silva's career that way. But, you know, what a legendary career by the Brazilian. Where do we, where would you say what well what did we think about the weekend first of all? And and let's let's just go straight into it. Where do you think Anderson Silva ends his career in terms of fighter ranking all time? Yeah, it's a it's a tough question. It was a, it was a fun weekend, as you said. Mitchell with a great win. I I can't wait to watch what he does next in the featherweight. I think you named some some great guys for him to to fight. Um, I think those are all awesome options. I would even love to see him maybe get like a Calvin Cater. Although Calvin might be a little out of his realm right now, might have to get one of those other guys you mentioned, like Stevens, um, before that happens. But good performance by him. You know, like you said, it, we all expected this uh, to be the result. It's been, unfortunately, the result of most of uh, Anderson Silva's recent fights. Um, the guy has not been quite the same since losing to Chris Weidman back in 2013. Um, but when he was on top, he, he was you know, arguably the most don- do- dominant champion that the UFC has ever seen. Um, I personally put him third behind i i've got george st pierre number one I'm, I'm definitely biased on that one but i think it's true still um and i do i hate doing this but i have bones jones number two so I, I got anderson silver three i do think the the end of this career here has tarnished his legacy a little bit whether that's fair or not but that's kind of the it, it's different than like if tom brady had gone to the buccaneers and sucked for five years when you're an individual fighter those those kind of bad days or just individual, you know, athlete, those bad days look worse on you. Um, even, you know, if everyone knows it's not your peak anymore. So I've got Anderson Silva third, uh, one of the all-time great fighters. He said he still might fight MMA, like do another MMA fight. He won't fight in the UFC, of course. But um, I I would say, Anderson, why don't we just step away? You've been one, one of the all-time greats. And uh, it's been fun watching him. Sad, sad to see him go, but it's certainly kind of, it's been about time. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of had the same thought. I, I do put Khabib uh, slightly ahead of him just because of the, the, the last couple fights that he's had. So I have, I have John Jones, I have George St. Pierre, I have Khabib, and then I have Anderson Silva, but still top four all time. That's, that's, that's a place he deserves to be. He deserves to be in the talk for number one. All those guys deserve to be in the talk for number one. So he definitely ends his career regardless of the last fights in legendary status. And so we say goodbye to Anderson Silva, you know, goodbye to an era of fighting that was so fun to watch. That was so dominant. And yeah, we look forward to the next person who takes up that mantle. We have some contenders already, you know, so we'll see who can step up to the plate. Well, let's move away from the UFC, go to college football. We had one hell of a weekend, Matthew. So why don't you lead us through it? It was not just all, Hawkeye misery. There was some cool stuff that happened too. So let's go yeah, there. Well, luckily there was. It uh thank goodness. Yeah. Taking a quick look at the uh top 25 AP poll. Clemson and Alabama securing their spots up top even more so. You know, Clemson without Trevor Lawrence this weekend will be without him against Notre Dame, but they were 
uh, able to get the um, comeback win over Boston College led by their young freshman DJ. Uh, it was a great performance by him. And it kind of surprised me, honestly, that I've had the whole – if anything, I, it kind of made me give even more credit to kind of the leader that Trevor Lawrence is because Boston College should not have been leading that game 28 to 10 with or without Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Like Clem, Clemson is a very, very good program, not just because they've got quarterback play. They've got, you know, pros at every position. So it, it was, you know, just kind of shows how much leadership he brings to that team um, and, and missing him there. But able to come back, we'll see what Notre Dame looks like. Bama did kind of close the gap on on Clemson up at that top spot, but Clemson still won, Bama two, and it looks like Ohio State's really kind of securing themselves in that third spot. BYU, the uh, one of the newer additions to the top ten, and, and one of the more surprises in the top ten. They they're seven and zero and ranked number nine now as they prepare for their biggest game of the, of the year, going to Boise State this weekend. Some more surprise teams being ranked at the moment. Marshall, Coastal Carolina, and Indiana. Indiana at 13, Coastal Carolina 15, and Marshall 16. Um, not not normally the kind of teams you see ranked in the around the top 15. So surprises there, good for those teams. Coastal Carolina looks like a, a real good small school. So we'll see if they get a chance to maybe play one of the bigger schools in a bowl game later this season. North Carolina, Kansas State, Penn State all falling out of the rankings this week, while Texas – Uh, coming in at 22, Auburn coming in at 24, and Liberty, another surprising team, coming in at 25. Uh, Those three are the new teams in the AP poll this week. Big upsets. We kind of already talked about Michigan, uh, the biggest faller this week in the polls. They fell 10 spots after getting upset by Michigan State, 27-24 in the big house. Michigan State started the season with a bad loss to Rutgers, and they came into Ann Arbor as a 21-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, So they – we're not expected to even compete in this game. Michigan didn't play horrible, but they were not nearly as sharp as they were in, in their season opening win. And really, Michigan State got a lot better quarterback play from the West Des Moines kid, Rocky Lombardi, uh, 323 yards and three touchdowns to pull off the upset. Other big upset from this weekend also lied in the Big Ten. Minnesota, as I mentioned, lost to Michigan to start the season, hoping to kind of get a bounce back win in College Park on Friday night against Maryland. Favored by 18 points going up against kind of a guy who got talked about so much to Tulia Tagovailoa just because Tua was starting this week. Everyone talked about him so much. He was the starting quarterback for Maryland. Um, and, you know, the, this was an 18-point favorite, uh, the Gophers were. Started the game very slow. Maryland was leading 21-7 to after the first quarter. But that Minnesota offense came alive, sparked by Mohamed Ibrahim. He had four touchdowns in this game. Minnesota reeled off 31 straight points. It looked like they were heading for an easy win, up 38-21 going into the fourth, but the Terrapins would not give up. They scored 17 straight points themselves in the fourth to force overtime, and then Minnesota's kicker missed a point-after attempt to tie the game in overtime, and Maryland stole the upset 45-44. to So two of the big upsets coming in the big 10. And I mean, that's, you see games like that and you're like, well, I guess, you know, Iowa might be able to find a win somewhere. You just, you just never know. Uh, some big individual performers this weekend already mentioned Muhammad Ibrahim four touchdowns for Minnesota. He also finished with 207 yards. That's the second most this weekend. The only person who beat him was on the other side of the field. Jake Funk from Maryland, 216 yards, only one touchdown, but averaged 10.3 yards per carry this week. So, 
absolutely tearing up the defense. Every time he touched the ball, it's a first down. Uh, and then the other guy I'm going to give a little shout out to is Elijah Moore from Mississippi, 14 catches, three touchdowns and 238 yards for a huge weekend in, in the blowout win for Mississippi over Vanderbilt. Jan, you told me hottest teams. I'm just going with one big one. Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, yeah. long-time, longtime Ohio State assistant. He's got the Bearcats rolling. That defense is extremely stout, as good as any t- defense in the country, honestly. I mean, probably not up there with Georgia. Yeah, Georgia does have you know a little bit more of the athletes, but Cincinnati's a top-five defense, giving up 12 points per game. Flown by SMU and Mem- Memphis, who are two of their biggest competitors, uh, combined to beat them 91-23. to I mean, they just absolutely blew those two out. A trip to Central Florida seems like the only kind of misstep that could uh, fall the fall uh, Cincinnati. They really don't have that touch of, tough of a schedule, um, and they've really been dominating the AAC. So we'll see if UCF can spoil them. But otherwise, Cincinnati has a very good chance of, of running the table, and I think dark horse college football contender. I, I would love to see them make it. Um, I'm not really sure there. Quite college football, like, yeah. I, we'll, we'll we'd see, you know, what would happen once they go up against Alabama or Clemson. But I think performance-wise, they deserve to at least be in that comp- uh, conversation. And uh, my top four right now, Jan, in the college football playoff. As I said, I, I want to put Cincinnati in there. I, in my rankings, that I just kind of keep flowing through the year. I actually have Cincinnati fifth right now, but tough to put them in, in front of a undefeated Notre Dame team, even though Notre Dame hasn't looked great. So I got Notre Dame fourth, Ohio State third, actually got Clemson second, and Alabama as the top team at the in the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, love all those stuff. Uh, you know, I it was a great weekend of, of college football. And the AP polls, you know, we always are like, do we agree with them? Do we not agree with them? I agree with them. I mean, you know, I, I'm here for it. Since he rewarded for their hot streak, OK State, we – we knew, we knew, Matthew, we knew they were fakers and they were, you know, we talked about big upsets, obviously the Minnesota game, the Michigan game, but you know, on paper, the Texas winning at, at Oklahoma state. I mean, we called it because we know, and we, we knew from the start, but that is an upset for sure. You know, Sam Ellinger getting that win at the number six at the time. Okay. State. So and I'm and I'm here for that. OK State lose their spot because you know we they were pretenders from the start and and now they've been unmasked. So you know Chuba Hubbard will be drafted high. He just it's his it's his season now. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, in in terms of individual performance, I do want to give a shout out to DJ Iuagalele. You know because he 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 had a big task. You know especially with the Clemson team not performing as well. You know, he came out in the second half, propelled his team to a comeback win over Boston College. You know, he had two touchdowns, 30 for 41 for 342 yards, 30 run touchdown run as well. He looked good in the second half. So I'm going to give a shout out to him. Uh, Jerome Ford, I want to give a shout out. We talked about no, Cincinnati. no turnovers either. That's nice. No turnovers young, either. A young not- quarterback like that, like that's what you that's what you worry about, you know, that he's going to make some of those mistakes. And he didn't he didn't look like a freshman by any means. No, he did not. He looked like he'd be right up there with the others. So. Which is just like, screw you, Clemson. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, you got this once a in a generational back. like quarterback. He gets, you know, can't play, and then oh, no, it's okay. We've got, we've got another one. Right. It's like, oh, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers, and behind him, oh, I don't know, Justin Herbert. 
like <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. But, you know, want to give a shout out to him. It was uh, definitely a hard fought win. Uh, Jerome Ford, another reason Cincinnati is doing well. Nine carries, 116 yards and two touchdowns for Cincy in their win over Memphis. I agree. Cincinnati's rolling. I love them as that dark horse team. You know, you think if Notre Dame loses to Clemson without Trevor Lawrence next week, that becomes a, a situation where Cincy can grab it. I think that's what needs to happen. You know, I think Notre Dame needs to lose to Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. And then I think there's if if Cincy goes undefeated, then there's that there's that grab. So I, I we'll see what happens this weekend if that's like a possibility. Because I agree, an undefeated Notre Dame team, regardless of how they look, is a hard, hard uh, one to pass up. And even a one loss Notre Dame team or a you know, two loss Notre Dame team to the same team. Like I I, I think I think Notre Dame with losses, Georgia with losses, Florida with jo- losses still get in to the playoff over Cincinnati. So I think they'll all have to suffer a few losses. And I think Cincinnati, like I th- that Central Florida game, they, they're going to have to win by 40. Like they, they really have to throw on the style points because the AAC is not a horrible conference, but it's not the SEC, it, it, you know. Uh, so they, they have an uphill climb to, you know, make it there even if they went out, but I would love to see it. And I think this is the year to, to let a team like that, like, get in. Right, exactly. It is the year of things to happen like that. So we shall see. And I definitely would love to see them in. Uh, but we, you know, it's a lot of variables to be thrown in for sure. And and have have you seen the uh, the little whispers around college football uh, connecting Luke Fickle to the Michigan head coaching job? I have not. That is interesting. Wouldn't that be wild? Got that us at Ohio State for like twenty years. I I mean I think it'd be a good hire. Well, I just, Har- I just don't know if Michigan's got the balls to actually fire Harbaugh. He can't win against Michigan State. He can't win against Michigan State. He can't. I don't know what the deal is, but you're right. I don't know what happened. Michigan didn't look awful in that game. They really didn't. But my goodness, how do you – I? oh, gosh. That was so disappointing to watch, honestly. Uh, you know, I don't care about either of those. It looked Michigan so good games. against Minnesota. Right. It, it was, was like, like, oh, nice. Yeah, it was just disappointing all around. But yeah, I also want to throw out one more shout out. It's another quarterback and, you know, Coastal Coastal Carolina, whatever, you know, obviously their division, but they're undefeated. And Grayson McCall this weekend threw four touchdowns on 18 passes, 254 yards throwing and a 51 to zero shutout win for them. So I want to throw a shout out. Obviously never going to be the top name, but good for Grayson McCall really led that Coastal Carolina team and a good win for them. You know, hottest teams right now. In terms of like hottest teams versus, you know, best teams, I, I, I'm going Cincy and Alabama. You know, we talked about it. I think Alabama definitely closed the gap this weekend, and I love Cincy and how they're playing. Two good competitors in a row, and they've dominated both. So, you know, the, the road is hard, but they're so far proving that there's at least a chance. And my top four, I'm still putting Clemson number one. I, 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 I want to see what they do against Notre Dame until then you know, without Trevor Lawrence until then, I, I'm still going to put them number one, Alabama, obviously like a close, probably one B, but I'm putting them at two Ohio state and then Notre Dame. I think the AP poll got it exactly right. And next weekend, Trevor Lawrence less Clemson against Notre Dame. It's going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath. I cannot wait. We'll see what happens. You know, does Clemson get that loss? Or does Clemson cement themselves as we are the best team even without Trevor Lawrence? I mean, honestly, it could happen either way. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we, we still don't know how good Notre Dame is. Like, I think 
Notre Dame is is certainly benefiting from their name and just like where they started in the rankings. Um, obviously, they've won all their games and they're not playing horrible teams, but they haven't played great competition either. Um, so it's kind of a, a litmus test for both those teams. It'll be real interesting to see what happens if they win, if like Notre Dame wins a close one over Clemson, because at like, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Notre Dame probably has, Notre Dame probably has to do this. And then like, they can probably afford an ACC loss later, but they're going to look like the, the committee just isn't going to look at this game with the same weight. They said that before when you're missing players like that, it's going to come into effect. So I think I think if Notre Dame wins, like there's no way you can still put Clemson in front of them, but I don't think you can drop Clemson out of the top four either. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be. Phew. I would not want to be on the playoff committee right now with everything happening. For I mean, her. like with what I've seen out of Georgia, what I've seen out of all those other one loss teams. Like, there's not even an undefeated team that you would be like, oh yeah, I'd put them in. Like, I would still put Clemson at six and one, losing to what right now is the fourth ranked team in the world in the country without their starting court, like that it's just not going to hurt them that much. Right. And who wants to see Georgia with Sam Bennett? My gosh, like that is not the quarterback you need. I wish Mike Jamie Newman would have played for Wake Forest from the grad transfer from Wake Forest this year for Georgia. It would have been a much different team. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. Well, we got some exciting college football ahead and we will keep you up to date on it. But for now, it's been a nice short and sweet episode, Matthew, and we are – in the cool down phase. So let's give our historical facts cool of the day. Down. Oh yeah, there's the sound effects. Historical fact of the day for me, today in 2016, the Cubs beat the Indians eight to seven in game seven to yeah, win they the did. World Series for the first time in a hundred and eight years. I remember being around Mr. Mark Saladino as he sobbed about this win. So uh, you know, really iconic moment uh, for all Cubs fans, all Midwest baseball fans in general around the thing. So that happened four years ago. Crazy to think. Dude, I got so many like old memory things on my phone that came up today from that. There's a four years ago today. Celebrating. Yeah. There you uh, go. My historical fact of the day is on November 2nd, 1920. Radio station KDKA made the nation's first commercial broadcast. They chose the date because it was election day that year. And the power of radio was proven because people were able to hear the results of the Harding-Cox presidential race before they read it in the paper. So the start of the radio, which is how we're doing this right now. Yeah, I mean, that's great. It also makes you think, wow, so... You know, in 1920, on this exact day, is when the problems of today's social media covering politics started. <laughs> it's like the time where we couldn't just all read about there. it. But it all comes back to that. Uh, luckily not, because they didn't let everybody tell their opinions, no matter how stupid they are. Jesus, it's awful. Oh, my God. I say as I start a, start a podcast to tell everybody my opinions about sports. Hey, sports opinions are irrelevant. That those are fun. Yeah, I could. There's no, I can say. I can exactly. Say the, I can say the Hawkeyes are going to win out and make the playoffs, and it doesn't mean jack shit. Don't talk. I mean, that's whatever. There's, you know, there's not many repercussions with tagging about having like sports takes. Right. Exactly. So, like, yeah. Besides, maybe just getting yourself uh, hoped up that your team will be good. Which I will continue to do. You know, obviously yeah. not about some of. We're the teams. unfortunately we're stuck with that. 
Yeah, we're stuck with that for sure. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about the next episode, but the amount of times I've had to hear the Patriots dynasty is over today has been astronomical. It's been sad. What a way to go to. I thought we were going I thought I was going to have something to talk about today. I really did. I thought I was going to have I I was there. I was watching that game closely. I was like, I bet you Yannick wanting to I mean, it would have been nice. I would At least your team wasn't supposed to win. Yeah, that's fair. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we'll we'll save that save that for the next cast for sure. We'll be talking all about it. But for now, Matthew, is your butt hot? Is it on fire? It is the quick fire questions round. My ass is always hot. Yeah, yeah, it is. There you go. I'm gonna start I sit on a heating pad the whole the whole show to get myself prepared for this part. Oh my gosh. He's he's legit. Suck. He's legit. He's like, I'm not I'm not getting I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> Why don't I just turn this off? This is this bit isn't even for anybody. Nobody can see me. Oh my god. <laughs> That's how serious you take this, everyone. All right. So I'm gonna start off the quick fire questions with an interesting one. It's less of a question to answer and more like a, a question to give your opinion for, and more a question to answer. So today in 2016, the Cubs beat the Indians eight to seven to win the World Series, Matt. Do you know? Who won MVP for the Cubs in 2016 in that World Series win? Oh, God. Who did win MVP? I got... I don't know why, but my first... This is like... Uh, you're Now you're becoming himbo. I am. I know it's someone random. Like I know it's I know it's not KB. I know it's not Rizzo. Uh, you're right. I you're don't right. I think it's a pitcher. I like want to say David Ross, but I don't think it's David Ross. I'll go. Uh, shit, who is the? I'll go Zobrist. It is Ben Zobrist. You are correct, yes! my friend. The utility oh. man, Ben Zobrist. There oh. you go. He beats Henmo in the first try. Good for you, Ben Zobrist. One MVP. Just like it happens, man. The Red Sox MVP was random as hell too when they won. So that's just that's how. Especially MVP baseball, goes. it happened. Like it, it's someone yeah. random a ton of the time. It is. It is. Uh, even this one. I mean, Corey Seager did great, but you know, you think Dodgers, you think Mookie Betts, you think Cody Bellinger, you right. think Clayton Kershaw. You don't think Corey Seager, even though he did really well. Uh, all right, it's the sport of baseball, right? Like, yeah, it's who gets hot. I don't know who's going to be the hottest in the yeah those few games. I mean, it's if the Rays had won, it would have been a Rose Arena, and that would have been crazy, a rookie winning the MVP of the World Series. That would have been nuts, but that's not how it happened because the general manager doesn't know how to coach a game. Anyway, um, let's go. Quick fire question number two. We saw the matchup this weekend. Ravens-Steelers. Steelers won. They are 7-0. and Ravens not only, you know, rushed for over 250 yards, lost the game, Mostly on the back of Lamar Jackson turnovers. Who do you think wins the AFC North this year? Do you think the Steelers can hold on? Yeah, I think I, I feel confident in the Steelers. I I don't think like that game was. That's what Steelers Ravens is. It's like it's going to be a tough game, but I do think like that's that's a big win for the Steelers away from home to now have a two game lead. I, I it, I'm not going to pick against them just because that seems a little silly, but. Um, I, th- I don't think the Ravens – like, I think both those teams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Lamar, as we've seen before with Lamar, he, he did try to do too much. But I, 
the thing with Lamar is he's still younger than the guy that's playing quarterback in Cincinnati. So like people can worry about, oh, is Lamar can't do in the playoff. The guy's so, so young that even like him trying to do too much in a game like that, long-term, he's going to be fine. Um, the Ravens just, the Ravens need more weapons. Like they, they yeah. do. Um, Marquise Brown's great at, at stretching the field, but he's not like a receiver that's going to run a bunch of different routes. Uh, Mark Andrews, great touchdown machine, but another guy that, you know, he's not like a George Kittle sort of tight end. So I, I think they just need more pass uh, catching options. Um, but certainly, I mean, like Steelers, I think are, I, I don't know if I'm their like, favorite in the AFC still because there's, you know, Patrick Mahomes over there in Kansas City. Touchdowns. But yeah, um, they they look great. And I think, I think they look as like, this was the team, you know, everyone in the offseason was kind of like, if Ben can come back and be healthy, this team could be really freaking good. They just barely missed out on the playoffs. And that's, I mean, it's the team from last year, but with Ben, um, actually that's not even fair because Claypool, the rookie stepping up, they, their weapons have stepped up too. So they're obviously looking good. And and when you got Tomlin and Roethlisberger, those guys, they've been to three Super Bowl. Well, Ben's been to three. Tomlin's been to two. Um They've won one together, lost one together. So guys that know how to win those big games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. And like the Steelers offense, as good as they were, they didn't do well in the first half. So there's still some questions about them, you know, how they, how consistently they can play. Claypool's had great games. He's had bad games too. And uh, yeah, I agree. You know, saying Lamar Jackson, maybe he's not going to do it this year is fair. Saying Lamar Jackson is never going to be able to, to win is – I, yeah, I, I just – why would you make a statement like that? That's so yeah. dumb. Because you know if you, wanna, if you want to ride that horse, you you go ahead. I will uh, – Right. I'll bet yeah. against you every day. Absolutely. And right. you, know who the, you know who the Ravens are right now, Matthew? The Ravens are the Patriots a couple years ago. They have one good receiver. They have a good tight end. They have some decent running backs, I suppose. And they have a good defense. Have you ever seen Tom Brady run? No, I'm not saying that the quarterbacks are the same, but I'm saying the weapons around the quarterback are the same. The weapons around the quarterback, the team around the quarterback are the same. The quarterback is the, clearly the best player on the team. Lamar Jackson's clearly the best player in the Ravens. And I think they need to surround him with more. You know, I think that's just like what has to happen. Marquise Brown is like Julian Edelman and different types of players, but like decent and, and reliable, but you know, at, you know, how great are they that they can be game changers? I'm not really sure, but yeah, I mean, the Ravens still very much in it, obviously still in the playoff hunt, everything can happen still. I mean, if Lamar did try to do too much, it was clear on that, like reach out fumble that he was trying to do too much. And so he's, he's got stuff to learn, but trying to count him out at this age after he won MVP last season is a joke. So and and like not count so let's count out every quarterback that's ever made a mistake ever because then like yeah, Peyton Manning like, shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame and all that. Like stuff. Lamar choke in the playoffs? Well, he lost as a like a rookie and then like yeah, had a bad game against the Titans. Like no, like that's the stupidest question. The guy is so ridiculously young. Like Joe Burrow right. is older than him. That right? And well, <laughs> how? Meanwhile, and meanwhile, the same people are like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, what a career. And I'm like, yeah, he, he okay, let's calm down, everyone. He he had a good season. Maybe he didn't deserve to get benched. but Everyone just feels bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick now that everyone's like, you know what? We do love Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we do. I mean, you always love journeyman quarterbacks. Like, they, they do kind of rule, especially like him, where they'll, like, have some good games, some good runs with, like, teams. But, uh, yeah, he certainly has been getting a lot of love since <laughs> getting benched. 
Right. That's how it is. They, they, they love on you when your debt time is done for sure. All right. Final question for you, Matthew. The Dolphins, in their first start with Tua, surprised against the Rams, mostly on the back of a defense. Tua didn't do too much, but he didn't make an, like a lot of mistakes. You know, they are 4-3. and three. The Bills, obviously, winning against the Patriots are in that title spot for the AFC East. What do you think? Will they make the playoffs? Not win the AFC East. Will they make the playoffs behind the impressive rookie and impressive defense? Uh, you know, I have a hard time saying they're going to make the playoffs um, just because it, there's still a lot to show. And like and like you said, that game was one of the weirdest games ever. Like it broke some streak that like teams that have teams that had outgained the other team by 300 yards or more had won by like had won like 54 straight games. And this broke that. So it was an odd game for the Dolphins. Still a nice win. I'm not taking anything away from them because the Rams are a strong team and and Tua didn't let that Rams defense, you know, intimidate him into giving them the win. If anything, it was, you know, the other vice versa of that. It was the Dolphins defense making plays with turnovers. Um, so I like that win. I don't think you can like take a ton of like, oh, heck yeah, like Tua is going to do this. Um, the schedule isn't extremely tough, but they go to Arizona. They, they go to Denver which we saw Drew Luck, you'll play much better. Um, they go to Buffalo again. They got KC. So it, the slate's tough. And I think also the AFC with like, I mean, like we said, like the Ravens are probably going to be a wild card team. Colts still look good. They had that nice win against Detroit. Like that Phil Rivers looked the best he has. Um, and then the, uh, who, else, who else in that race? Raiders. I mean, Browns. No, I can't say, I can't say they're going to make it, but they're, they're certainly going to be in the race. Yeah, there you go. I agree. I think they'll definitely be in that in, inside outside, you know, the of the last spot race. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I just want to end with two talking points. Number one, did you hear the rumor of why Tua is starting now? Did you hear the rumor? That uh, why maybe maybe which what? So the rumor is that the Dolphins organization started Tua now because they wanted to determine whether Tua is their actual quarterback oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just in case what do we think about that i mean to say prove it to us now I, what come on well i mean i think i think it's more prove it to us now by show us you have the capabilities like i don't think it would be fair to be like prove it to us now go win 10 games and take us to the playoffs but more like prove it to like i think joe burrow he's what one five and one but he's proven to cincinnati that he's the quarterback for the future so um he's two five it's more, one it's now more like what you're yeah exactly uh i think it's more you know what you're showing them not even just results wise i i don't mind it especially like like he said i mean they have so many picks with with the texans picks um next year does have like it's a pretty lucrative kind of quarterback class with lawrence and fields and trey lance from from north dakota state uh so I don't, I don't mind it. Plus, plus it is one of those things where, you know, for them salary cap wise, like if you know, or think, you know, like right from the start with your rookie quarterback that you could be competitive, then you're going to go get those, throw that money elsewhere to build your team around them because you don't have to pay that rookie quarterback that, that much. So maybe it's also part of that of like trying to get ahead of that and being like, yeah, we can be a competitor right now. Let's go sign this defensive player who, we probably wouldn't give $80 million otherwise if, if we didn't think we could win already. Fair. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a really interesting move, and uh, we'll see if Tua can live up to the hype. And finally, a lot of weird things happened this weekend, but was anything as weird as Javon Wims throwing two haymakers at his Saints' opposite number and getting ejected from the Bears game? I mean, can we talk about that for a second? He punched him in the ha- face like he might as well have. What did, I mean, I don't. I didn't hear what happened and what was the reason of that. But what do we think about that? I mean, the craziest always, thing. I think. It always just makes me laugh when like there's punches on the football field. I'm just like, guys, duh. Yeah, there's a You're helmet protected on for all that stuff. Oh my gosh, it You're was only going to hurt yourself. It was the dumbest thing I saw. I'm so glad. I mean, I I didn't want the Bears to win for so many reasons, but I'm so glad they lost after that that stuff. That was that was ridiculous and not what you want to see on a football field. All right, Matthew, we have reached the end of the episode. Thank you all for joining us in our first episode of November. We'll be back later this week to talk all things NFL, talk about the weekend's results, talk about our weekend picks for next week. Lots more to discuss. But until then, wear a mask, stay safe. What does Matt always say? Open the door for the old ladies and others. And uh, for the last time, for anyone, for the last time, go vote. This is the last time I'll be saying that. So go vote. If you haven't, you're listening to this on election day. So go vote, you know, do your duty as a citizen. And then please don't bother us about it. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, and from both of us, have a great night. Cheers, y'all.